Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines continues the series Fundamental Doctrines with reference scripture Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 through 2 in the Amplified Classic and King James translations. So let's go into the word of the Lord. This is the basic part of the doctrine. You're going to see beginning in verse number one and two, there are going to be several listed basic doctrines uh, that are here. We're going to read them and I'm going to take my time. I don't care how many months it takes me to do this. I need you to know the basic doctrines of scripture. Come on, read with pastor. Let's read together. Therefore, let us go on and get past what? In the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah advancing steadily toward completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not lay again of what? Of repentance, which is abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of the faith. There is a two by which you turn to God. Verse number two. Let's read this. With teachings about purifying the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters which you should have what? Been fully aware of. How long? That means that these are the basic doctrines that every born-again believer should already be familiar with. Grab someone by the hand, please, before you take your seat. Look at him or her eyeball to eyeball, please. Please repeat this with me. Say, these are the basic doctrines. That you and I just read together. Say according to the writer of the book of Hebrews. These are things that you and I as believers should have already been aware of long, long ago. Tell that person if you and I are going to grow in the things of God. You and I must know the basic doctrines of the scripture. Amen. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. As you take your seat, we're going to make sure you get this. I'm going to ask that uh, you begin to prepare yourself to write these things out. I want to make sure that you get this. People of God, this is so important to your growth in the things of God. I know it may feel like I'm forcing you back in school. I am. I need you to know this. Because every decision that you make in business or any other area of your life, it really is and should be funneled through this basic element of doctrine. I have to say this. There are a lot of believers that have been in church for years in your life that have made decisions out of your emotions, but never through the fundamental process of Scripture. This is the basic of Scripture, and this is why I'm taking time to teach it every week over and over, we've already dealt with part of the repentance part of the doctrine. We're going to circle some more of that at another time. But faith is the more heavier uh, of these things. I've already given you several phases of basic doctrine of faith. But I need you to make sure that you get the rest of it. So go with me, if you don't mind, uh, over to Psalms, the 91st chapter. We're going to look at this in the King James here. Psalms 91. 
And uh, let's go to the amp. Uh, I did the King James in the first uh, portion. Let's go to the amp here uh, in this particular verse. And we're going to read this corporately together. If you can see the scripture there on the screen, just say amen. Come on, read with pastor beginning at verse number two. Let's read together. I will say of the Lord, he is what? My refuge and my God. On him I lean and rely and in him confidently trust. Verse number three. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Now, note the very first portion of verse number two. And I want you to write this down. I've already given notes in the first service and we prepared them for you in this second service. When you go back to Psalms 91 and 2 uh, with the notes, uh, the note portion, there is one word that I want you to highlight and that is the word say. Now, every one of you need to understand this, that in that, if you look at the very bottom portion of the screen, it is where we get the uh, Hebraic word amar from. But it means three things that I do need you to write down. And then we're going to read it what is called contextually. And that is we're going to read it based in the definition by which we understand the one English word was given. Now again, in the English, which does a fantastic job by the way, uh, the Hebrew also shows you three other areas of, of the, the Hebrew mind, the way that a Hebraic person would have understood the word say, the way that you and I say it in this framework. And so again, I want to make sure that you grasp this here because if you're going to understand basic doctrine, you're going to have to see this not based on you, but based on how the Lord and every angle that pertains to your life. So again, if you look at the first word there, uh, the definition that I gave for the word say uh, from the Hebrew word amar, it literally means to boast. Make sure you write down that word boast. The second part of the word is command. And then the third part of that same Hebrew word is to name something. And you could literally just put the word name there, but it's to name something. So now we're going to go back, make sure those three words are written down in your journal. Now let's go back to the scripture on three, uh, on three separate choices here, three separate times rather. We're going to read the scripture, but we're going to use or impose the word boast in one and then we're going to use the word command in the other. Then we're going to use the word name or to name something in the third. So what it says, I will say of the Lord, we're going to say, I will boast in the Lord. Come on, read with pastor. I will boast of the Lord. What? He is my refuge and my fortress, my God on him. I lean and rely and in him I do what? I confidently trust. So he says, I'm going to boast of the Lord. In other words, he's saying something here. Now, I want to make sure you grasp this. Please hear your pastor's heart. When he uses the word boast, note what he's not doing. He is not saying I'm going to boast in myself or I'm going to boast in my ability. Note what he's doing. I'm going to boast of the Lord. He is my refuge. Now, I need you to get this. I shared with you in the beginning of the service, those and what and how they live in Israel. And it's just not there, but for the sake of a visual, I gave you that intentionally for this reason. Because when they only have 12 to 14 seconds to get into an area or refuge or a hiding place, that means that when the siren goes off, boom, they have to make sure that they get there. Well, the same concept 
is, is embedded in the scripture here where it says, I will boast of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my God. In him, I will rely, trust, lean confidently in. Why? Because I know he's going to protect me. Now, I need you to hear your pastor's heart. There is no need in your area of faith for a place or a refuge if God did not understand or intend for you and I to understand that when you boast of him, an enemy will begin to shoot some sort of rocket in your life. There is a need for a hiding place. Make sure you get a mental picture of that. Why is that necessary? Often, when you and I do things as unto the Lord, please hear your pastor's heart. When we do things as unto the Lord, if you are not careful, you will assume because you are doing what is good, what is right, what you should do, that all good now is going to come back to you. Would you touch someone and tell them the moment you do good, come on, tell them the moment you boast about God. You better recognize you will have need of a hiding place. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, because of my word, persecution must come. He didn't say it might come. So when you are carrying the word, you're going to see it in a minute. I'm going to give you a biblical illustration here. When you're carrying the word, then there is embedded within that word, there is some sort of missile that will begin to come to your life. None of us are void or can divorce ourselves from the reality that when you begin to do what God's called you to do, there is something that's going to come your way. That's why we cannot boast on our good works. Because if we say what we're doing, then what we're really doing is, please hear me, we are making ourselves God. We're, see, watch this. When you measure your goodness by your good works, I gave this amount of money to the church. I gave God my worship. I gave God my talent. I made sure that somebody ate food when they were hungry. Those are things that God will motivate you to do. But if you are dependent on something good to come out of it, then you would have to go through this big philosophical question within how many people should you feed in order to be right with God? How many good things should you do in order to get God's attention? If doing good is going to make good come, then how do we know what the measure of good is? Are you hearing me? So then we can't make this assessment within ourselves, then I've done good. Because then good could be one event or good could be a thousand events. Like if you don't have the money. See, that would assume also that in order to do good, how many know you have to have something to give something? Come on. Well, like if you don't have something. See, and if we base it on that logic, then we're basing life upon uh, how we should or should not respond based on what we have or what we don't have. So our boasting is all the psalmist is really giving us an insight for and two. Our boasting then is not about us. Our boasting then is in God. We are boasting what he is able to do, what he is able to bring us to, and how he himself is the God that is going to help us. So it's not about you. Would you grab someone by the hand, if you don't mind, very quickly before we go to the next scripture and tell them as wonderful as you are. Come on, tell them it is all the great things that you may have done or do. 
Tell them it's not about you. Come on, tell them it's still about the Lord. So now let's go again back to Psalms 91 really quick here uh, again. And we're going to use the word command the same way because our boasting, we've understand, is predicated upon what the Lord is doing. Now, here's another word that I gave you. It's an adjective out of the Hebrew, which is the word command. When we command something, it means that we're using a framework of authority. So again, please hear pastor's heart. Then your faith, when you are activating your faith, you must also not just walk in a place where you're boasting on the Lord, but you also have to work and, and operate in a framework where you are learning how to use your mouth, learning how to use your senses to command things. I'm going to show you in the scripture why this makes sense in a moment. Now, let's read it with the word command. Come on, say with me. I will command of the Lord. Say it one more time. I will what? Command. One more time, real loud. I will what? Command of the Lord, what? He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely, and in him I what? Now, why are we needing to command something? When you give an authoritative position, that again implies that there is some sort of obstacle in your way that you are using a, a, a sense of command to say. See, and this is what I'm trying to get each of us out of, and that is looking or viewing our life and its challenges and then responding to life and our challenges based on what we see. Please hear your pastor's heart. It's not about what you see. It's about what God has said. See, we're not boasting on our ability. Come on. Because if we are, how many know that we've all missed God over and over again? You better raise your hand in this place. Since you've loved God, you've still missed God. Since you've known God, you have not always done God's will. But how many know God has still been good to you? Come on. How many know that in spite of our own ignorance and sometimes willing ignorance, God has still been good to us? Would you grab someone or just touch someone next to you and tell them if God has really been good to you, you would have said amen a little louder than that. Come on. So he's using the language, I'm going to command the Lord. So again, it's showing you one thing. It's not about you, but it's about him. So again, the part of the doctrine of faith, uh, there, there, we can't measure ourselves by ourselves. I love the way Paul said it once. He said, if you measure yourself by yourself, then you're not wise. In other words, there's no wisdom looking at your life and saying, I'm going to measure my life by my life. Because if you measure your life by your life, I, I promise you, you're not going to like the way you measure up. Because you're not always going to do what God called you to do. I know this. I know that if, and I watch this. A lot of people boast on the things of God. They have the mind of God. But the moment you're challenged even with a 10-day fast, all of a sudden, you realize how much God you really had in you. I ain't got to look at you. I'm trying to help you. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you all couldn't even get past 10 minutes. You, you, well, I, man, this is going to be easy. Just 10 minutes of prayer. You found it difficult to pray 10 minutes a lot. And you know what some of you all did? Bless your hearts. I know you. I know who I shepherd. Some of you all prayed while you were exercising. <laughs> because y'all going to get it all under one umbrella. Some of y'all praying it. Father in Jesus' name. Ain't no need to doing your jumping jacks in. Because what I was trying to teach you is an area of discipline. Listen, if you're too busy to give Jesus 10 minutes... 
You're too busy. Some of you all couldn't put down your drink, your coffee, your tea, your whatever it is you drink. You just couldn't let it go. Oh, Lord, I slipped again. Some of y'all backslid every day. Some of y'all were slipping all day. You didn't slip when you went and bought it. All right, I'll leave it alone, but I'm trying to help you. See, this is why it's not about us. My thing is to make sure you have the proper disciplines in your life because I'm, I am old enough to know this. Keep going higher in the Lord and you're going to have a different level of attack that comes with your height. You're not, I'm going to say this again. The more you move up in spiritual weight, the heavier the fight gets. I love you. I used to love watching boxing and that sort of thing. Love the low flyweights. They're about a buck 20. And man, they swing faster than a bullet. Just look like a robot or something. But then when you put the big heavyweights in, they couldn't swing that fast. But man, one hit from the heavyweight, you wake up tomorrow. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I've got to go to the store. Man, you just was in a fight. I'll never forget one of my fighters got knocked out. And, and the, I could, you could see it in his eye. When he went down, his hands were still stuck in the same position. And he was graceful enough to go to the, uh, after the fight, they have a time where uh, the media comes in and asks him questions. And if you watch it, and they showed this in slow motion at one point, at one point he leans over. The fight is over. The fight was over 20 some minutes ago. And, and he's sitting there during press conference and he leans over to his trainer and says, what, what round did I knock him out in? No kidding. And the, 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 the trainer said, you lost. And you can see on his face, he said, who lost? Man, I didn't lose that fight. I won. <laughs> Have you ever seen that, Deacon? I know you've trained fighters. Yeah. And so when fighters get hit and they get hurt by a heavyweight, it's different than, you know, having a little Mayweather knock you out. Mayweather can fight, but he, he, you know, he's not one of these big George Foreman types. George hits you, you wake up next year or something. When you're trying to figure out, watch this. Spiritually, it's the same process. The higher you go up in God, the heavier your fight. So if your faith is not working, basically speaking, then you're going to embark in areas where you're making decisions, not based on and in faith, but you're basing it in your flesh. Some of us don't like being around certain people because it reminds us of, of the things that we've not done in our lives. So it's easy for us to escape and get away. I don't want everybody to see how I'm feeling and thinking. So I'll pretend that God is speaking to me and I'll move and go somewhere else. I'll move to the other side of the church, whatever. Change my phone number. Oh, I lost it. You didn't lose it. You didn't want to deal with. Can I tell you something about your faith? I will in just a moment. I want to show you this. I don't want to lose this train of thought. Let's do this real quick. Let's go to the next scripture here because I want to get in as much of this as I possibly can. Go with me over to Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, Jeremiah 23. I'm still dealing with this whole faith piece, by the way. Jeremiah 23. And turn with me, if you don't mind, over to the 28th verse. Now, again, we're still dealing with the faith issue here. Let's go to the amp. Thank you so much uh, for pulling that up. Everyone look up at your screen unless you have an amp in your lap, on your phone, iPad, wherever it may be. But let's look at the Amplified Translation there in verse number 9. If you can see it, say amen. Now, come on, read with Pastor in the Amplified Translation. Let's read. Come on, read together. Concerning the prophets, 
I can't hear you. Concerning the prophets, my heart says, oh, I'm in the wrong place. Oh, I'm sorry. Just testing. I'm just making sure you're there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Look at your neighbor and say, I was right for the first time in my life. All right. Come on. Verse 28. Very good that y'all didn't read that. Very good. All right. Come on. Verse 28. There it is. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell his dream. But watch this. But he who has what? Let him do what? Faithfully. All right. Stop right there. Let's not read any further. Take your hand. Put it on your heart. Let's repeat this because this is in the word as well. Say with me. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Come on. Say it again. Say thy word have I hid in my heart. Now let's repeat. Come on. Keep your hand there. But we're going to also repeat Romans 10, uh, 8, 9, and 10 there. Come on. Say with me. Say in my heart I believe thy word is near me and with my heart through my mouth salvation comes when I speak it. Say it again. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word is within me. All right, come on, go back to Jeremiah 23, 28 here one more time. Let's read it again from the, from the very top. Come on, read with Pastor. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell his dream. Now, just for the sake of knowing, he, Jeremiah was really mocking the false prophets of his day. I just don't have time to get into the whole of that. He was saying, oh, there were many of them running around that were false. Oh, I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. Because they were getting the attention of the people. And they were trying to get the people to say something that they wanted them to say. And what they were really doing in a nutshell, they were prostituting the people for some money. And they were just getting some money for it. So he's really kind of coming against the prophets that were false, saying, look, if you got a dream, go ahead and tell that little dream. He says, but I'm going to deal with you from a whole nother level. Now, let's go back to the level he wanted to, them to get. Let him tell his dream. Now, let's speak right after the semicolon where it says, but he who has my word. Come on, read with me. But he who has my word, let him do what? Faithfully. What has the straw in common with wheat for nourishment, says the Lord. Verse number 29, is not my word like what? That consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord. And what is it like? Like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance. So when you and I are dealing with resistance, it's the word of faith that is in you, that is going to break down whatever is resisting you. And even if it's like a rock, you and I have the word of God in us, but how do you get the word? You get the word by making sure there's a deposit. How then do you get the word out of you? You and I must speak in faith what God is saying. When you say what God is saying, then the word, come on, put your hand on your heart. Say whatever then is opposing me. Say it with me. Say whatever is opposing me. When I speak the word of faith in me and through me, whatever is resisting the will of God, come on, in my life, I will break it down. How many know it's not you? How many know it's the word? I gave a natural example. And forgive me for being carnal when I say this. 
because uh, I know no one watches movies here. And in the first service, I brought up one of the movies that I actually like to watch. And I know you've never seen it because you've been in church all your life. And these movies are foreign to you. But there's a movie called The Shawshank Redemption. There's an interesting part that always caught my eye about the movie. Of the whole movie, I like it because they intentionally trick you in the beginning. When, when the character, forgive me for not knowing his name, when he asks uh, the character Morgan Freeman uh, for something that's illegal, he says, I want you to get me a rock hammer. When Morgan Freeman's character Red gets the rock hammer, he looks at us to throw you and I that's watching the movie off. And he says, well, I know he couldn't use this. In other words, to escape, it would take thousands of years to get out of this place with this. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, when they found the, the sludge hammer slash rock hammer, he then said, with time and with pressure... It, he was able to get out of here. No one would have ever conceived, hmm, he's going to use this to get out? No. He lied and said, well, it's just I want to polish some things up here. But it wasn't. See, the word of the Lord is like, I don't care how large or how small the hammer that's in you works. See, everybody, listen, even though we've all been given the same measure of faith, we don't always use our sledgehammer the same because some of us don't build our sledgehammers any larger. But I got good news. I don't care if your sledgehammer is as small as a grain of a mustard seed. Take that hammer of faith and whatever is resisting you, continue to knock down whatever has been erected against you. Because in the name that is above every name, when you keep hammering at it, eventually that obstacle in your life, it's going, I'm prophesying right now, it's going to come down. But pastor's been here a long time. You and I must keep operating with knocking at and hammering at whatever is hardening your life. Come on and go back to the scripture with me one more time. I want to make sure that you grasp this uh, with a mental visual of what the scripture has given us here. Look at it uh, one more time. Go back to the amp. One more time. Verse 29. It is not, is not my word like fire that consumes all that can endure the test says the Lord. Now, I gave this in the first analogy. Uh, one of the guys that I knew, a couple guys really I knew out in California some time ago, uh, they were firefighters. I always got tickled, uh, interested rather, on uh, what he told me. And I used to think he was kidding with me for a while. He says, because they often have these brush fires out there and, and they're pretty serious. I said, well, man, how do you guys combat that kind of stuff? He says, often a helicopter take us and drop us off right in the middle. I said, whoa, wait, time out. In the middle of the fire? I said, dude, well, how are you getting out? He says, the way to beat a fire is you fight fire with fire. I had always heard that statement, but, it, you know, if that's not what you do, it's, it's, it's hard to, it, you just think it's something that people say. I says, what, break that down. He says, what we would do, he says, first of all, we know where the winds are blowing towards. He says, so we go out and we dig a parameter or a ditch. He says, and at that point, we clean off everything behind us. He says, but then we ignite that area, even though we know it's coming to us, we ignite it with fire before it ever gets to us. I said, for what purpose? He said, then by the time whatever's coming gets there, it no longer has strength because we've created an obstacle 
by its own definition. In other words, the fi- listen, the Bible says, that according to Christ, that those of you that can discern, he says, can you not discern from the east or the west which way the, which way the winds will blow? He said, then you do well. In other words, he says, even the heathen can do that. In other words, you will know what kind of wind is blowing by simply taking your finger, if you want to put it out, Lick it and feel which way or take a piece of grass. You can see which way the wind is blowing. That gives us a spiritual insight. You can see often the direction the enemy is coming. And he's coming with a certain fire. How then do we beat that enemy? We dig a ditch. And we make sure that when, by the time the enemy gets there, the enemy already knows you can keep coming if you want. But here's where the ditch is right here. And I want you to know you're not going any further than this line that I've created right here. And now that I've created the line, now I'm speaking words of fire because you're trying to consume me. Sounds familiar? The thief comes but to what? Kill and destroy so you want to stop the thief draw a line and then when the enemy is coming now out of your spirit whether it's a sledgehammer or fire now you begin to speak the word of faith in your life and let the enemy know this is the line that you're you're not going to take all my finance you may have taken and consumed some of it but you ain't taking it you may have hurt my family but you cannot have my family I'm drawing you may have messed up in the area of relationship but this is where the line is drawn I am going to have a healthy relationship you may have taken whatever it is you and I must fight the enemy with the stuff he's fighting us with but most of us we don't have the same kind of you know what I like to call it strength or courage this is why so many of us y'all forgive me I'm going to digress and say this and I'm not going to bring up anyone's names when I say it if you keep up with things you'll know it A lot of the entertainers are now learning something. They're learning that the things they believe in their church, when it comes on the outside, that those who they've been trying to be friends with don't like it. And so now they're getting canceled from TV shows. And and watch this. Don't y'all listen. Listen to your pastor. I'm trying to help you. And because we've been a voice... Are you listening to me? Because we have been, I love Dr. Gans gave me a little sign that I'm not an echo. But I've been a voice. Because we've been a voice. I've not been repeating what I heard. We've been a voice. Guess what? In the last two weeks, they're blowing my phone up. Bishop Shines, can we get you to come on show such and such? Because there has been an onslaught and there's been an assault against Christian uh, entertainers. I said, nope, not going. Well, won't you go out and fight? No, I'm not fighting that fight. Why? Because we've been a voice. Now, what are they really saying? We know you will fight. They need some help. Why won't you do it? They got a pastor. Let their pastor go out there and fight. I got a fight for you all that's sitting in here right now. (laughs) Now, you may not like that, but they're blowing my line up. Can you come on TV such as here? Can you go? Oh, and man, my old PR guy, he's got me loaded. I used to pay him for his service. Now he's saying, look, free. No, I'm serious. PR guy called me. Hey, listen, brother, you're my brother. <laughs> I should go get the phone and play the recording. Let's let y'all hear. Hey, brother. <laughs> 
need you to fight, man. They're, they're really fighting. I mean, man, I'm waking up with just a gazillion emails and a gazillion texts. Can you come out? Can you fight? Because there's no one saying anything. Now you got a few pastors in certain regions that are saying, we got to do something. <laughs> now, can I boast here for just a moment? Now, if y'all don't know the scripture, you, you all are going to admit. You know what Paul said? Paul said, uh, uh, bear with me in my folly. In other words, he says, I'm going to pretend I don't know anything. He says, and let me tell y'all something. He says, y'all want to talk about a Christian? He says, I've been beaten. I've been left out for dead. They hit me with some rock. He said, but I'm only boasting since y'all are into this. Ball. So can y'all just bear with me for boasting for just a moment? Now some of these leaders that we were reaching out to and said, hey, I was screaming, hey, hey, the house is on fire. They used to write back and send correspondence. Well, brother, we're going to focus on love. Hallelujah. <laughs> now they're saying, wait a minute. We got to do something. Now, can I boast for just a moment? We were already doing something. I was doing something when it wasn't popular to do something. We were way ahead of that game. <laughs> now they want your pastor to come on TV and radio and fight their fight. I ain't fighting your fight. Go out there and, and learn how to fight. You need some faith. See, faith will make you not be a coward. He said, if you speak my word faithfully, it'll be like a sledgehammer and it'll beat down anything in front of you. Our job is to know that we are activated as men of faith and women of faith. And so you have a sledgehammer or you have some fire in your mouth. Therefore, when you see the opposition blowing your way, watch this, watch this. Don't wait for it to get on your door and burn up your house. Then you want to have faith. Oh, I got faith. Honey, if you have faith, you better put that thing out. Don't let it burn up the whole airplane. Talking about it's a fire. Too late. I don't know about you. I don't want to be on an airplane and the thing's on fire. The moment I smell smoke, hit the buzzer. Bop. Uh, we, I smell something. <laughs> How many know? Oh, Lord, I better leave that alone. How many have ever had children small? I'll let your mind figure out the rest. How many know that when you smell something, it's probably after the fact? I didn't say what it was, but you, if you're parents, you know what I'm talking about. How many parents do I have here? You know what exactly what I'm How many know by the time you smell it? Can I talk here as a dad for just a moment? Can I have a daddy moment for just a moment? How many have ever raised boys here? Little boys? <laughs> How many know little boys? I don't know why I send them the moment... That you take off the diaper. All right. Deacon is just. They take off. It's something about being nude for a boy. He just. He just. Everything is. <laughs> and before you get them. They done. Gave you a Picasso somewhere. On a wall or somewhere. Those of you that raise girls. You have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Little boy. The moment. I don't know something is about it. He feels air. Can we talk here? I hope this is not pastor. That's improper for it's improper for the pulpit. I have the mic. I'm making it proper. All right. Listen, here's the deal. When we understand faith and you don't wait, you become free and you run before you ever covered up. You know why? Because who you are on the inside is really who you should be on the outside. I'll let that soak in for just a moment. Come on, let's go a little further. I only, oh boy, I have six minutes. We got to go. 
Got to go. I want you to see this just one more time, if you don't mind. Go back one more time. 29. Just one more time. Verse 29. Once more. Is, is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test? Says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks into pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? One other verse of scripture. Joshua 1 and 8. Joshua 1 and 8. Last, last scripture I'll give you. Joshua 1 and 8, please make sure that you're writing all these scriptures down because it's part of your faith, basic faith. It really, really is. Go to Joshua, first chapter, and go with me if you don't mind. We're just going to go to, uh, let's, let's just go to verse number 8. But let, you know what? Let's do this in the Amplified. No, let's go to the Message Translation. Joshua 1 and 8. But we're going to go uh, to and through the Message Translation. Uh, for this. So Joshua 1 and 8. And let's go to the message translation. And if you can see it, say amen. amen. All right. Look at verse 8 there. Come on. Read along with Pastor. How long? For one minute, let this book of the Revelation be what? Now stop right there. The King James says, and this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Everybody take your Bible, whether it's on iPad, phone, wherever it is. Say with me, this is the word of the Lord. Come on, say it again. Say, this is the word of the Lord. Say, and I'm commanded to walk in faith. And one of the ways I walk in faith, I say what this book says about every situation I am in. All right, come on. Go back to the message translation. Read with pastor. And don't for one minute let this book of the revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then, know what's going to happen. You will get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Turn with me if you don't mind. Same portion, but go over to the Amplified Translation. I want you to see this from another angle as well. Come on. Verse number 8. You got it in the app? If you can see it, say amen. Come on, read this with Pastor. Let's read it out loud. This book of the law shall not depart where? Hold it, stop right there. Where's the word of the Lord? It's in your heart. But how do you get it out? You speak it through your mouth. Come on, point to your heart. Say, here it is. Point up here saying this is where it should go through. All right, come on. Let's go back to that verse in the amp. Let's read it again. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do. According to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way what? Wait a minute. Stop right there before we go after this comma. Prosperity is not just financial. Prosperity means wherever in whatever you are in in your life. Listen, even if it's a trial, you are still prosperous. That means no matter what you're going through, you are prospering in the midst of your tests. You know what that really means? That means you're passing your test. But how do you pass your test? You got to go back up to the beginning of the book. Let not this book of the law depart from you. In other words, you got to get it in your mouth. And you got to go through your heart. By the way, it goes through your ears. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word. That's Romans 8 right there. Romans 10 rather. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. All right, go back one more time. We're going to read this and I'll stop. One more time. Verse 8. 
This book of the law, out loud, come on. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it that you may what? And do according to all that is written within. Now what happens? For then shall you make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have how many want success? You got to deal wisely. How many want to deal wisely? Then you got to know what the book says. So your faith comes when you're saying what it is. But you got to meditate on it day and night. I said the other week, nothing wrong with secular music. But when secular music trumps your faith, you need to turn that song off. But it's my jam. You are singing your jam and contradicting your faith. I know that's hard for some of you to hear. But you don't know how much I like that song. But if it's telling you something that is dangerous for your faith. Dun, 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 dun. My mama done left me. My daddy too. Nobody loves me. Not even you. Now, if you're singing that stuff. If you're singing it. Now you say, but I love the blues, pastor. Man, the blues is messing your face. You're trying to believe God to get to the next level, and you're singing stuff that's killing your level. But it's my jam. Your jam is killing you. Your jam has become preserved, and it's preserving you in a place of failure. Y'all will catch up with the metaphor in a minute. You can't just spread everything on your faith. And if, you, know what, you know what James, the brother Jesus said? He said, show me a person that has a double mind and I'll show you a very unstable person. I'm quoting the scripture. An unstable person is unstable in all their ways. So you're speaking faith. All right, I'm through. I'm, I'm, I'm through. Come on, stand up. Everyone look at pastor. I don't want y'all to think your pastor's being hard. But listen to me, and I'm not saying, I'll never say who this is. You know, every once in a while, I have to call certain individuals here, even in the ministry. And I know you love the Lord. But you all have put this little stuff on your phone. Don't leave, Bobby. You have put this stuff on your phone. <laughs> you put this stuff on your phone that contradicts your faith. So I had to call someone not too long ago to follow up on a phone call. And, and you know, you have these long songs. I don't know where y'all get this stuff. I guess it's part of a package or I don't know how this stuff works. Y'all forgive me. Is it y'all have to buy this? Is that how that works? So y'all buy to put these songs on your phone. So I'm listening to one of the secular songs. I'm waiting for one of the saints. I came this close to hanging up just to call again to get my phone to record the song. I was going to play it for y'all this Sunday. I'm not going to even tell y'all what the song was. But, I, but the next thing out of this individual's mouth after the song was over. <laughs> God bless you. You've reached my phone or whatever people say, you know, and may you prosper and Jesus loves you. Whatever they say. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I, I was sitting on the phone waiting. I kept thinking, please pick up. Please just pick up. Please pick up. And then I got enthralled listening to the song. And it was a, I guess it's a love song. I guess. 
I don't know. I, I, I kept sitting there listening to it. And I kept thinking, that's all this song is? I kept thinking, this is a, I can't say the word gluteus maximus. It's one of those midnight calls that some people like where you don't really mean a whole lot to them. You just a. God bless you. This is brother so-and-so, but your message is a midnight call. <laughs> I got confused. Now I can see if, if Pastor Doug and Sister Lori had this song because they like them kind of songs. I don't know what's about them. You go over to their house, they, you can tell they just always, it's like they carnal. They just, everything is sick something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lori's turning red like, I can't believe he's saying this. I got pictures. I'm putting it on YouTube. I'm blackmailing you. But anyway, here's the deal. Now I'm not trying to be hard when I say this. All right, come on, let's get serious. It's hard after that. Here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to just show you something. You may not think a lot of it. Well, you say, well, pastor, that's small. You know what Jesus said? He says to small little foxes that destroy your vine. You know what the vine represents? The vine represents life, the spirit. But Jesus said, it's the small little foxes that will eat your little vine up. The Lord says it's impossible to please him without faith. But if you're singing, eating, and everything is destroying your vine, it's going to eventually take your... I didn't get into the word as I did in the first service, but there's one key word. You have to make a mental note of it. It's called confidence. You'll lose your confidence over a period of time if you're not operating in the level of faith that you need to operate. Because again, I've already proved to you whenever you speak in the word, persecution's coming. But if you're not ready for the heavyweight hitter to hit you, you will get knocked out and you'll wake up another day and don't realize, wow, I guess I'm not in faith. I got knocked out. I'm, I got a concussion going on here. My job is trying to get you to a point that to understand that basic doctrine has everything to do with what you put in your ears, what's in your heart and what comes out your mouth. Listen, I'm closing. My time is really up. I'm four and a half minutes over right now. But please hear my heart. How many really believe in God for some deep, powerful things here? I mean, really deep and powerful. Several weeks uh, within the last 14 days, rather, because so many of you have been off. I've received five, four to five emails out of that. Three to four of those individuals took the oil, like I said, anointed the areas, like I said. They had bosses, managers, three, two of them here came and have now given them the job that they have been hoping to get for a long time just in 10 days of fasting and denial oh come on but I don't need a job I need a man God can send you whatever you need I don't need a man I need a woman God knows where she is he'll open up your eyes you'll see it for yourself I'm gonna have to go to where they are honey you'll be going forever don't you play that trick. I'm leaving. The grass is green on the other side. It's AstroTurf. You'll be, on, you'll be playing on the ring, wrong stuff. I'm getting me a new man. I'm getting me a new woman. Really? You better fix that fixer-upper. 
At least you know what you got there. In faith, hey, they can get healed. I didn't get no help on that. I'm leaving alone. Get out there if you want to. And you realize how crazy it is out there. You're like, oh, Lord, Jesus. You see Scott happy? Look at him. Where's your wife? Where's Cash? See, she went home. He kissed her so hard, she left. <laughs> I'm just trying to get your faith to get to a certain point. That's all. Here's about and eyes are closed. We got to get out of here. Would you repeat this with me? Say, Father, forgive me of all my sin. Say, I believe over 2,000 years ago, come on, say it, that you died. Three days later, you were resurrected. Say, I believe one day you're going to come again. Say, I believe that you are my way, my help, my strength. In you, I trust. Say, I believe if I remain faithful, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your will, whatever I speak, you're going to perform. Say, I believe it's not my will, but your will that desires the best for my life. And I will boast, I have confidence in, not me, but you, my Father. Say it like you mean it, I believe, because I'm saved. Great things are coming my way. And the things I've been waiting for, say it like you mean it, the things I've been waiting for will manifest right before my eyes. It's going to happen in my personal life, in my money life, in my family life. Say it with me. No good thing are you going to withhold from me because I have been made to be upright in you. You did the job. Therefore, it will work out in my behalf. Say it like you mean it. No weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. Say it like you mean it. This year, I shall receive what you have for me. I will not take it back. This is my year of fulfillment. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to share who you are with others, I believe I'm in for a breakthrough. And it starts right now. I receive it. Therefore, I open up my mouth and I declare it's already here. Say it like you mean it. It's already here. It's coming out of my mouth. It's in my heart. My breakthrough is here. Come on, say it again. My breakthrough is here. In Jesus' name. Now you open up your mouth and you lift your hands. And you begin to give God glory. Don't you wait for it to manifest. I'm telling you in faith, God has already moved in your behalf. He said while you're speaking, I'm already in your mouth. I'm already bringing it into fruition. This is my hour. This is my day. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Rebuke depression in your life. Make the declaration, I may have made a mistake. And I may have made it again, but I ain't making it anymore. This is a new day, a new year, a new hour, a new time. Oh God, I give your name glory. I give your name praise. Come on, lift up your hands in this house. And give God a better praise than that. 
I want you to praise him like you've already received what you've been waiting for. I want you to praise him like you already got the good news. I want you to praise him like it's already happening. Because in faith it's already here. Your breakthrough is here. That new home is here. Whatever you have need of, whatever door has been hindering you, whatever obstacle has been there in your faith. Oh God, we give your name praise and glory and honor. Come on, don't you stop. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.